All right. So this week's bracha. Hi. Is. Do you know Malka Ita? I, I think we've met. I'm not sure where. <laughs> Welcome. Baruch Hashem, Elokeinu Melech Haolam, Malbish Arumin. So, Hashem on all the levels. Good morning. Is his ratzon is expressed through all these levels of creation, and one aspect of God's ratzon that is expressed is Malbish Arumin. So what's Malbi Sharumim? So the simple translation is, thank you for Malbish dressing Arumim, the naked, those who aren't clothed. And as Rav Schwab says, we can't lose sight of the simple meaning of the bracha. Thank you for clothing as protection against the elements. That's kind of the basic meaning. It's even... Even for LA, people want clothing right now. It's cold enough. <laughs> and, uh, and we're grateful to have it. Just a little side point in the halacha that's brought is it's not kriyashma, so we're not hung up on it. But it's worth being careful here to make sure you stop between the word ha'olam and malbish so that the letters don't run together. When you have an, a mem at the end of a word and a mem at the beginning of a word, it's really easy for it to run together into one word, ha'olam malbish. So it is worth making sure you took a breath there. Now, <coughs> Rav Pincus, and this is really the opening the door to everything else we'll say. He says, you know, we could have said we could have thanked Hashem for clothing, like Asher Nosan Vivina Asher Nosan Adam Begadim. Thank you for clothing. But that isn't what the Bracha says. The Bracha says, thank you for clothing, like the verb, for dressing. Malbish, for dressing, for putting clothing upon the naked. That's not, I mean, it's basically the same thing, but it's emphasizing something different. Actually, you know, I hate to say it, it's emphasizing something a little awkward. Because now, now you've said people who aren't dressed. Like, what? <laughs> Why would you hint to that as the way of saying the bracha? Do, do you see what the question is? Mm -hmm. Malbish arumim, thank you for putting clothing upon those who are unclothed. It, it does seem like maybe a, a strange way of thanking Hashem for clothes. And the reason the bracha is, is expressed this way is because it's pointing us to something very specific. So you can already guess where the starting point is of where it's pointing us, right? Where is it going to be? If it's a bracha and it's in the Birchos HaShachar, then it's going to be pointing us back to the very, very beginning of clothing. And it's going to be pointing us to Gan Eden. Because everything here is a rectification, right, of the distance that we have from Hashem and allowing us to draw closer. That's the principle behind the structure of these brachos. 
Okay, so now let's think about the bracha. Thank you, Hashem, for putting clothing upon. See, I say when I say for clothing, it sounds like I'm saying thank you for clothes. It's clothing is a verb here. Mm-hmm. For dressing, for giving clothes to those who were unclothed. And now I say, oh, right. I know who's arumim. I know who are the people who are unclothed. Okay, so now we go back to Chumash, go back to Bracious. Okay. And the woman saw that the tree was good to eat and that it was uh, attractive for the eyes and it was desirable for the mind. And she took of its fruit and she ate and she gave to her husband with her and he ate. We've talked about this because we had a previous bracha, Pokeach Ivrim, opening the eyes of the blind. The eyes of the two of them were opened. And they knew that they were Erumim. Okay, so we see this is where we're referring to. They knew that Erumim Haim, they were unclothed. And they stitched together uh, fig leaves and made them as belts. And they heard the voice of Hashem, the Lord, moving in the garden, in the spirit of the day or the wind of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from Hashem amongst the trees of the garden. And Hashem called out to the man, and said to him, Ayeka, where are you? The root of all Echa, right? Ayeka, where are you? Echa is the Megillah that we read on Tisha B'Av. Mm-hmm. Whenever you have the word Echa, some tragedy has occurred. And Adam said, I heard your voice, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I am unclothed, and so I hid. Not a Romani. Anochi always means the inner self, the real identity. And so I hid. Vayomer. And he said, Who told you you're unclothed? You know, you were unclothed earlier. What happened? What changed? Can it be that from the tree which I commanded you, I commanded you not to eat from it, you ate. And the man said, The woman that you gave to me, she gave me from this tree, and I ate. Okay, this is, this is heavy. I'm first going to look at some of the Rashis, because you can't understand the Pesach without the Rashi. I didn't drink from my drink. Warm drink? Are you cold? <laughs> okay. Their eyes opened, and they knew that they were unclothed. So we read this Rashi on Vatipatachna before. When it says their eyes opened, it's obviously talking about knowledge, about knowing something. 
Velola inyan re'iyah mamish. It doesn't mean actually seeing. Besof ha-mikra mochiach. And the Pasuk proves it by the way it continues. Because it continues, right? So this was the source that we knew. Pokeach ivrim means insight. It doesn't just mean sight. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Okay, that was the source of that. When their eyes opened and they had insight, they knew that they were unclothed. Now that's where we've gotten to now. You also understand why the bracha malbisharumi might follow the bracha of pokeach ivrim. They knew they were unclothed. Afasuma yodeakshayrom. It says. It can't be that it's talking about visual sight. A blind person also could tell when he's unclothed. Mm-hmm. You don't need to look down at your body to see if you have clothes on. That's a different kind of sense. So this, the, the, the continuation of the Pasuk proves that the opening of the eyes was an opening of the insight, insight, not mm-hmm. visual sight. Also, a blind person knows when he's unclothed. So what does it mean when the Torah is telling us, and now they know, they knew. Ladas is to know something very deeply, and it's very real. It's experiential knowledge, that they were unclothed. So what is it that they suddenly understood? They suddenly know something they didn't know before. Mitzvah achas haisa biyadam. They had one mitzvah in their hands. And they stripped it off. Talk about it more, but even on a basic level, this is understandable. They had one mitzvah. God said, have a good time, don't eat from the tree. That tree. And they blew it. This is what they understood in that moment, when their eyes opened. In other words, they... They understood or they knew that We're they talk failed? Keeping they certainly failed on that mitzvah. Okay. That was the only one they had. They had one way to serve Hashem. There's only one thing they had to offer, and they didn't. They didn't realize it was a mitzvah until they ate from the... Mm, they knew, but they hadn't realized what it meant to lose it. To mess it up. This artelu is they were like stripped bare. It's like they were... They weren't drunk. I the know, problem is over here, they were absolutely using their intellectual minds. But then there's das. Then there's the way you know it when you've been through it. And it's not exactly the same as when you were thinking about it beforehand. You realize what it means to not have that mitzvah clothing you. This artelu is unclothed. They took off the clothing of the mitzvah. So we're going to talk about what that means. Okay. So they are bare, they're naked. It's not just metaphorical. It's not just in the same way that a person could have a garment on and take it off and now it's not on them, right? It's, no, no, no. When we have a mitzvah, when we do a mitzvah, it clothes us in some way. And now that they lost the mitzvah, it is unclothed from them and they're bare. It's not, it's not just comparing it to clothing, okay? We've had some discussions about this in the past, about how a, vi- how a mashal, how a visual metaphor in Torah, this is be- in always, it's the Allah, saying it backward, this physical world mm-hmm. serves as a mashal through which we can understand the spiritual world. The fact that there are clothes that enwrap our body 
And we'll talk about that as a cover and as a tiferes. And they give honor and glory and beauty and protection to our bodies. This is so that we can understand that there's such a thing as spiritual garments. There's such a thing as a mitzvah. And that when you do it, you are clothing your soul in something that is beneficial and respectable and, and glorious and honorable for yourself, for your deep inner spiritual self. Yeah. Okay. And then they stitched, this is all one verse. Their eyes were opened, they knew that they were unclothed, and they stitched leaves of figs and made themselves belts. They stitched leaves of figs, Rashi says, because that's the tree they ate from. Why? So some say it's an apple, there's different, he, he's taking this one opinion from the Gemara, there are a few. There are a couple of opinions in the Gemara what it was. Was it some kind of apple? Was it esrog? Was it wheat? Was it, there's diff a few different opinions in the Gemara. He's, he's going with figs. And you could see why. Because you have to say, why did they have to stitch together fig leaves? And by the way, so let's say you told me because they're big. Okay, I've seen bigger leaves than fig leaves, but whatever. Okay, we used to have fig trees in the backyard. But let's say, I don't know, they wanted to, you don't have to tell me that. You could just say, they made belts for themselves. I don't really need to know that it was a fig leaf. Right, exactly. Doesn't, yeah, what, what did that tell me? It didn't tell me anything, right. really. Okay. I mean, it makes an image for Renaissance artists that just gets in the way of trying to learn Torah. Like, doesn't, what, why are you telling me this? Okay. No, it's the tree they ate from. With the very thing which they corrupted themselves, with that they repaired themselves. They were trying to go back. They're trying to fix it. Okay. That with which they corrupted themselves is that with which they repaired themselves. No other tree would let them even take anything. Right. <laughs> okay. We're also talking like in a physical like sense. Um, when, you, when you dress yourself, it also is... Um, is the bracha talking about physical sense? Absolutely. Like, it also gives honor to you yeah. in a physical sense. Yeah, it does. That's right. But what we need to know is that really that's because of the spiritual reality. The physical reality is an expression of the spiritual reality. So the, the Talmud tells us, Hashem looked into the Torah and created the world. The Torah existed before there was a world. Your genetic material also existed before you existed physically. Now, if I were to take a little sample of your genetic material, your DNA, and look at it, and let's say I knew a lot about genes, which I don't, and I'm not, I'm not even sure that like, people who know a lot about genes know this much about genes yet, <laughs> yet. But theoretically, you could look at all those, what are A and G and T and U, right? And look at that and say, ah, she has dark hair and dark eyes, and she's this tall, and, um, right? Or, you, look, you know, you look at it and say, ah, this, that says blue eyes. Now, then if you saw me, would the scientist be surprised Say, look at that, she's got blue eyes, that's so cool, that's what, no. Because <laughs> I don't have blue eyes that matches my genes. I have blue eyes because my genetic material has, says that I have blue eyes. 
the reason I have blue eyes is that my cellular structure is a physicalized expression of my genetic code. The Torah encodes the world on a much higher level. And as it moves its way down, as these spiritual forces move their way down through these different levels of the world, ultimately we get to the physical world. But what we see, these clothes, this is a physical expression of a spiritual reality. The reason clothes function as they do, the reason you can sell more handbags if they have the right designer label on them, is because there's a spiritual reality that, that garbs our souls. And also it's an expression of it. For being able to dress yourself, because you don't physically, people are not well or injured, they can't yeah. Like, yeah, that's a very, very a good source of happiness. Yeah, that's a very, very good point. It's absolutely true. Hashem is clothing us even through our own actions. She was saying how grateful we have to be for the ability to dress ourselves. Dressing yourself is unbelievably difficult. It's incredibly difficult. I mean, you do things like stand on one foot. There's all kinds of new studies now about how you can test for early signs of neurological problems by having people stand on one foot. Because it takes so much brain power to keep you stand, to balance on one foot. Now, it's not a very specific test. You don't know what's wrong. <laughs> it could be an ear infection. Sorry? Muscle memory. It's not only muscle memory. Mm -hmm. You have an enormous amount of compensating. You have to do it every moment in order to balance on one foot. Even just to balance takes quite a lot of brain power, but to balance on one foot is a really big one. And you have to do that to put on a sock, you know? I mean, even if you sit down, it's not only that, it's when I was a girl, we had a book called Karen, about a girl who had cerebral palsy. It's a very, very good book. It's full of a lot of Catholic references, so you have to take that into account if you decide you're going to read it or not read it. You know, big, long passages about church services and things. But it is an extremely good book in other ways. And the mom talks about how difficult, right, when she wants to help her daughter learn to put her own shirt on when she was like 12, right? how difficult it was to like say, okay, you have to move your hand up a little higher or pull your elbow in a little closer. She says, just try it. Try talking your way through putting a shirt on and you could be astonished at how supple you are and how much you do without really thinking about it. So, I mean, your point is a very, very important one. The ability to dress ourselves and that will be on a spiritual level as well. The ability to dress ourselves. Right? That, I mean, we don't always want that, right? We always think like, oh, God, just make me good, <laughs> right? But it's a great gift to be able to dress ourselves. That's true, and it's something we don't even think about. Like, when, even if you just have, like, a little burn on your pinky finger, it might be very difficult to put on, you know, your socks and your shoes. Right, it hurts so much. It hurts. <laughs> so That's that, right. Or if anything's stiff. Yeah. Right? One of the things that people who are sick in bed that brings them down emotionally That's, that's, a, that's a general lesson. That's, that's a general lesson even beyond clothing. The ability to, we've talked about this before. When somebody sees a baby and they're like, oh, that's the life, because they're getting pushed around the stroller, everything taken care of for them. And it's like, that's no, not really the life, <laughs> right? Really, the blessing is when we can take care of ourselves. It's true, we need energy for it, and it's a lot of work, but that's a blessing. It's a blessing to have the energy. It's a blessing to have the ability. It's a blessing to have the opportunity. 
all of those things. Yeah, especially when you have the awareness at some point in your life that you were able to do that, and then that's right. You know, like and not you, a, you can't always and keep they doing it, and that's emotionally, it's just that's right. You don't really look at somebody who's bedridden or pushed in a wheelchair and say, "Oh, that's the yeah. life." Like people <laughs> exactly. are spooning food into their mouth or into their gas right. or tube, right? It's not really yeah, that's not. the life. Okay. I just have one question yeah. about this, and I'll be sure maybe when you talk, talk about repair, that um, Adam and Chava were trying to repair themselves, can you say that that bracha sort of leads you into feeling like, okay, I'm going to try to repair Absolutely. myself? Absolutely. Yeah, right. 100%. 100%. We are thanking Hashem in this set of brachos very much for the opportunity to draw close to Him. You know, we, Hashem could in all fairness have treated us like the snake. Well, he could have really just said, you're done. But in kindness, he could have just said, that's fine. Here's your food. Go away. There's no repair. There's no whatever. Here's the punishment. You're done. I don't want to see. And he did. He said, okay, here's how you're going to get back. So you see, this was their effort. This is the first effort. And the important, an important point here is with that which is which they corrupted themselves is that with which they tried to fix themselves because that is an important principle They're trying to repair the actual damage itself right do you have another example of what like what would be another example of doing using the material that you damaged to repair the original do you know what i mean am i being yeah clear about the question's the question great is? I'm not sure off the top of my head I have an answer. It's a really, really good question. Like another analogy to it as to what? But we do that just naturally. If you get a scratch or something, your body repairs itself. Like no, but there's something more. You're asking something more. You're saying, like, like if you hurt somebody mm -hmm. by mm -hmm. saying something harsh to them, mm -hmm. then, exactly, then perhaps the best way to try and repair it is through speech, not writing a note or sending a gift. I don't know oh, if what okay. I just said is exactly yeah, true. Yeah, it might okay. be a comparable type of example. Exactly. Exactly. I would okay. want to think about it more, okay. though, because I think Thank it's a you. very deep question. Okay. So now let's, let's go on a little bit here and start to explore this. By the way, just this is not our topic, but the end of this Rashi is really what Rabbi Goldberg talked about last. Was last, last week? Not, not this week he didn't have share? No, this week he, he did. He did have the share. Yes. Okay, so remember he was talking about... Um, not saying so the critical things <laughs> yeah. and saying a lot on the positive things. So over here it says the repair, that they stitch together the leaves of the fig tree, right? Mm -hmm. So Rashi says, I, I wouldn't have noticed this if I hadn't just heard that shear, right? And what's the reason that the Torah did not publicize which tree they sinned with? It just calls it the tree. It only mentions it in the repair. Yeah. God does not wish to, like, torture. Like, God doesn't want to just, for no, like, stom, like, hurt any of his creations, including a fig tree. So people won't embarrass it and humiliate it by pointing to fig trees and say, oh, that. You know what that, what's that, Daddy? What kind of tree is that? That's a fig tree. Because of that tree, the whole world has suffered. Midrash Rabbi Tom Solman, that's what the Midrash says. Isn't that awesome? Mm -hmm. that is awesome. What, what was the answer again? 
cancer was so people won't look at that tree and say, oh, that's the tree, that's the source of all our problems. People, well, they won't talk bad about the tree. Well, the tree's fault. So why, you know, so it's mentioned only in the repair, not in the damage. That awesome. That's great, right? I never would have seen that, though. I've seen this Rashi many times. That's the truth. Between Pokeach and you know, almost everything in Torah ultimately comes back to Bereshis. It's the genetic Torah spiritual expression, right? It starts in the, you always come back to Bereshis in the end about everything. I can't, I don't know how many times I've seen that Rashi. That's the first time I saw the end of the Rashi. Because just didn't jump out in any way. Yeah, because sure. not the Rashi wasn't mentioned, but the principle was the mentioned. Principle, yeah. So until now, I just kind of glanced over it, like didn't mean something to me. Now it means something, so I understood it in a different way. Okay, so here's what Rav Schwab says, Rav Shimon Schwab. The simple meaning of the bracha is to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for clothing his protection against the elements. More profoundly, though, it refers to the gift of garments. Ah, you know what? We didn't get that far. Let's go on. They sewed for themselves belts. I'm sorry, I didn't, I stopped over here, but I didn't go further. And Hashem said, how'd you know you were unclothed? Did you eat from the tree? Who told you you were unclothed? Now, again, Rashi's already said, wait a minute, you don't need anyone to tell you you're unclothed. You can feel that. What that question means is, how did you know that there's a shame in standing unclothed? You didn't feel ashamed of being unclothed, and now you do. How'd you know? Something changed inside of you. And then Hashem tells them the consequences of all the actions, which is not all, all happy news. And Adam, and he says, and you'll, by the sweat of your brow, you'll eat bread until you return to the land, which the earth which you were taken from, because you are made of dust, and to dust you return. That's just file that in your mind that this is the end of that piece. Okay? Mm-hmm. You were created from dust, to dust you return. And Adam called his wife Chava because she was the mother of all life. We've talked about that before, right? In the moment, in the very moment that God tells Adam that he will in fact die, Adam, he also tells him, he also talks to Chava about the pain of childbirth and raising children. And so Adam looks at his wife and realizes that immortality is now carried in her. That mm-hmm. he himself will not live forever, but his children will. Humanity will live forever. He's not going to just die now, and that's the end of all people. Vayas Hashem Elohim Adam And God made, the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife, kosnos, or cloaks of, or skin, leather, vayal bishem, and he dressed them. You see where our, our bracha is coming from. Mm-hmm. God dressed them. Okay. Yeah, he did, it didn't say the answer. Uh, the answer was, it was a rhetorical question. God answered himself and continued by saying, is it possible you ate from the tree that I told you not to eat from, which is a tree of knowledge. And that part of that knowledge was the recognition of toferah, good and bad, and understanding the consequences of good and bad in a different way. Okay. It's just so funny. I just picture like the kid going through the cookie jar and having this like chocolate all over them. And they're not and, like, ashamed. My tummy hurts, and your mommy's like, right. "Is it possible that you might have taken cookies without?" Hashem, <laughs> <them?" laughs> it was so obvious, but they 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 knew what they had done. There was only one option, right? right? But. But what Hashem is also pointing out to them is what has changed in them. 
He's pointing out to them that they've changed. That they realize there's something shameful about standing there. And so they were hiding, right? Okay. So what are these cloaks of skins that Hashem made for Adam and Chava? One opinion is, I'm not going to read the words of the Rashi. One opinion is that they were protective to their skin. Kosnos or, meaning a protective garment for their skin, which they required because originally their skin was fully covered with a hard protective layer like fingernail. Yeah. Wait, so now we only have fingernail on the tips of our fingers. Yeah. Explain that. But the entire body was yeah. covered with that? Yeah, it seems. So when they ate that shed itself or something? Or, or it when they ate? it from the... Yeah. The, yeah. Oh, my. Wow. Okay. So now they're more... So the skin the is not protected. And some... The other main opinion about these cloaks for skin is that they are cloaks made of skins, like rabbit wool, which is very soft and warm, and feels good, it's made of skin. In other words, is a cloak of skin a cloak for your skin to protect it, or is it a cloak made of skin, so of some other creature? Time. Is it something to protect your skin, like the way a fingernail, right, the way something or is it something made of skin like like he says like rabbit's wool is it also um introducing the feeling of being embarrassed when you're naked yeah that was that's before that's not in the the See, dressing with, with them this rafa, we're also i think beforehand is it, Arumi, that they naked. were already when they realized that they were bare and they're ashamed and they're hiding and hashem says how did you know Meaning, how did you realize that you should be ashamed of it? The giving the clothes isn't introducing the feeling of shame. The feeling of shame is already a few pages earlier. Yeah. But, but you're right that these two aspects of clothing, this, this not disagreement really, but these two pieces of information about the purpose of these, clo- of these clothes that God provided, is it to... F- made of skins and it feels nice and warm or is it something that is protective to your skin? It's two different aspects of clothing and it addresses different outcomes about the bareness. Okay. I heard in a shear from Rabbi Tatz well let me building on this idea of Hashem is giving clothing to Adam and Chava. When we ate from the tree, a physical body, lust, desire, for whatever it was the tree offered, right? It's not just food. All the things the Pesach says, right? It was beautiful to the eyes and for the intellect and the taste. And that was the physical side winning out over the intellectual, bechira, spiritual side of us. Taking from the tree and eating is the physical side winning over the spiritual side. So whereas previously there was no tension 
between our physical existence and our spiritual existence. The body was a perfect garment of the soul. Now, by letting the body decide, so to speak, right? Giving the body what it wants, even though it's not good for the soul, what it does is it brings to light, it strengthens the animal quality of the body. Now the body is not just a tool or servant of the soul. The body is an animal, and it wants stuff. And maybe it will get what it wants, just because it feels good. Not just because the soul needs it for some reason. There's a tension now, which we all feel, between what we want just because it feels good and what we actually require. There's a tension there. Putting on clothing covers the animal parts of our body. And we'll explore that a little more, what the outcome of that is. They saw that immediately, but they only made belts. So that's kind of your bare minimum sumo wrestler covering. <laughs> My father was a sumo sportscaster for many years before you laughed at him. I grew up in the ring. That's so interesting. <laughs> so to speak. Placida must, must love the source for a guard role. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely connected. Um, we're going to get to that even more when we get to Ozer Yisrael Begura. Covering the animal parts of our body means, you remember what Rashi said? Even a blind person can tell when he doesn't have clothes on. Even when we're not looking at our clothes, there's an awareness of the clothes against our skin. Correct. That is a constant subliminal awareness that we need to control our bodies. Yeah? The mm -hmm. fact that there's this concept, this in uh, kind of a similar way that yarmulke. What's a yarmulke? Yarmulke is Yorei Mikhail. The word yarmulke comes from Yorei Mikhail, fear of God. Oh. Because when a person's wearing a yarmulke, it's like when you're wearing, like, if you wear a hair covering, if you wear a shaito, if you wear a hat, you really feel the difference if it's not on <laughs> for any reason. Right? Even if you're used to it, and so you wear it all the time, you're not constantly thinking about it consciously, but unconsciously, there's, you're always tracking it. That's the proprioceptive sense that even a blind person knows whether they're wearing clothes or not. It's, not about, it's about the skin more than it's about the eyes. Right? This is a constant awareness that we're covering the parts of our body that are similar to animals. And Rabbi Tat says, therefore, we don't have to cover our face and we don't have to cover our hands. The two parts we don't have to cover. Because our hands distinguish us from animals. This is how we manipulate the world. We, put, we, we take our will and impose it and use it to change the world and act upon the world. This is something that's human. And our face, that's human for on, on many levels, panim, right? It shows what is bifnim. Pnim means within outside and it's our presenting face so it's that with which we interact with other people and it also shows what's really inside panim mm -hmm. what's panim right mm -hmm. what's panim that's not the same as an animal 
my back, my legs. How different are they really from, I don't know, an orangutan? But my face, what's really inside, the way that I'm able to interact with the world, that's very different. That doesn't have to be covered. There's no shame there. Right? There's no shame. Okay. There's no shame because when you look at a human's hands and you look at a human's face, you're not seeing something animal. What you're seeing is something that represents their humanness, the humanity. Physically, the physical hands represent my humanity because this is the tool with which I interact, I manipulate, I change. I mean, it's true, I could like push a door shut with my shoulder, but generally speaking, hands represent the way we manipulate the world, that we can have influence and impact on what, this re what the state of the world is. And the face is a, is a window into the inside, what's inside. It's how the inside is presented out into the world. Well, what's inside, that's, that's the spiritual part. That's what we wish to have revealed. That's what we want to have showing. Another way of putting this is, if you're talking about sneas, right? About dressing modestly. You know what dressing modestly means? It's not about people standing on soapboxes and shouting at you that you have to, I don't know, stop corrupting men's minds. It's not what sneas is. Sneas means dressing in a way where you show people the part of you that you want them to see. Sneas means you're dressing in a way where you're showing people what you want them to focus on. You're covering up the part of yourself you don't want them to look at. And you're uncovering the part of yourself that you want them to look at. This is very, very true what I just said. It's not just, it's very true. That's, that's why it's so shameful. That's why, I, <laughs> this is why it's so disturbing when you see an intelligent young woman wearing very little or dressing in a provocative way. What's, you know what's really disturbing about that? What's really disturbing is that somehow along the way, she picked up the idea that this is what she has of value to show people. That's what she wants them to focus on about her. As she does, it's, it's, it is a lack of confidence in your mind and in your decisions and in your creativity and in what you have to offer. If you think that the way to get people's attention and to get them to like you is through the physical and animal parts of your body, it's not because, because, well, where's the value of that? that? That's the value? Did you do anything with that? I mean, you know, what's inside of you, that's something you could work on. That, isn't that something of value? Your hands, the way that you interact, the way you change the world, isn't that something of value? Do you want to say something? No, I was just thinking that that's also like the mitzvahs that we do, we need to use that part. Like, I guess, you know, saying brachos or, uh, you know, helping somebody. These are things that we, you know what I'm saying? Like we need to Yeah, the mouth is definitely a, a uh, gateway. I mean, it has its pros and cons. <laughs> right. <laughs> but <Exactly>. hopefully. <laughs> you also had a class. question, Dahlia. I did have a question. My question is, so when they, the fact that they are not naked is not necessarily a, a uh, an issue because 
they were naked before the tree, they're naked after the tree. It's just that entire uh, understanding that now I have these physical desires that are going to be controlling me, and so therefore I need to um, kind of refocus myself by closing myself to, to ensure that I'm focusing on the spiritual part. Yeah. Yes. That's what changed. It's not that they stripped down afterward. They didn't. Yeah, they were not, naked that's before. Right, exactly. That's what God asks them. What it, why did you realize now that there's a shameful aspect of standing there? Unquote? Okay, so I just wanted to clarify. And the answer is there wasn't a shameful aspect beforehand. There was. There it wasn't. wasn't. Before they sinned, there was nothing to be ashamed of. The body was exactly what it should be. It was garment, a tool for the body. Rabbi Leff describes it as a spacesuit. You can't take your body out into outer space. It's a vacuum. Right. It's cold. <laughs> there's no air. If you want to go into outer space, you need to put on a spacesuit that will hermetically seal you all over and provide. And then the spacesuit, you look through the window of the spacesuit, and that lets you see what's out there. And you might have different temperature gauges mm -hmm. and even tactile sensors that will help you feel what's going on through the gloves. And there's air in the system, right? Mm -hmm. Your body is a spacesuit for your soul. Soul cannot mm -hmm. just hang out here in this physical world, right? So it's clothed by the body. And the body provides windows and senses which have an impact into your soul. I mean, through what you look at and read and see, you can change the experience of your soul. Mm -hmm. And through what you do with your hands and what you hear and what you speak and what you smell, all these things, you do mitzvahs with them and you're creating a spiritual reality for your soul. Yeah? But, but it's, it's your body that's doing it. Got it. So it's, the body is this so very sophisticated tool. If you think of a spacesuit as, you know, or like a baby in the little, little, little fragile early preemies, super preemies, right, yeah. and they've got the little gloves and you can reach into mm -hmm. the incubator so you can touch the baby. Right? Like, this is the way that we can, that our soul can have access to that which this world has to offer, which is mitzvot. <laughs> That's what this world provides to the soul, and yet the soul can't breathe here. I like that because it also says that if you don't have a fully equipped spacesuit, then you're, you're harming your soul. Or at least your soul is your limited soul, in what it can do. Yeah. In the same way that if it turns out you went up into outer space and you discovered they gave you the suit with the mittens instead of the gloves. You're good, but there's less you're going to be able to achieve. Okay, so maybe they gave you the mittens because you didn't need to do anything with gloves. Hmm. Right? Yeah. But again, back to what we said, it's a privilege and an honor and something to be grateful for when we have the ability, the energy, and the opportunity to do that is something to be happy mm -hmm. for. We don't wish that we were sent out there in mittens. Yeah. I have another question, sorry. Or sleep sack. Uh, it, you, it's mentioned that Hashem then made them a clothing of uh, cloaks, right? Right. I guess my question is uh, two things. Number one, I guess one of them is a comment. One is that they made a mistake, so Hashem is helping them. Yeah. 
it's not like pointing. So for this week, you, we you take that home with our bracha. Got it. Got it. Okay. We, we blew it. We tried to fix it. It was quite inadequate. Mm -hmm. And Hashem provides more. He's helping us out. Okay, so the, my next question is, couldn't have Hashem said, okay, go grab a rabbit or, yeah, and then make clothes for you? He could, could have. He, could he, he, so why was the purpose, like, what is the significance of him doing it for them? Because That's of his chesed? Because he wanted to show them that he made a mistake, it's okay, yeah. this is how You're it's You're on to it. I'm telling you, you could totally be there writing the mission right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, it's... We're, we're, I can't start that topic, okay, but that's so what we will good. talk about like next that. time is what's the nature of the clothes Hashem made for them. Got it. Okay. So Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. So Thank you. Have a good Oh, let me just check the date of next week.